This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Legit scientists right now are positing that we live in a simulation. I feel like a lot of stuff is going on in the world that's brought up a lot of these conversations, even in our last couple episodes, just with UAP disclosure and, you know, the Nephilim agenda that we always come back to. The world largely rejects their message and treats them as hostile extraterrestrials who must be stopped at any cost. Hey, campers, welcome back to another episode of Camp Herman. I'm Chris Price. We've got Tinfoil Tori in the house and our boy Mikey Stibbs. What's up, y'all? Hey, Chris. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. What's going on? How's it going, Chris? Pretty good, man. You know, we are, what is today, like the 16th of January, maybe the 17th? Does it feel like so much has happened in the last, like, two and the first two and a half or, you know, two, two and a half weeks of 2024 like it feels like we've been in this year for months now like it's been insane like what is what is happening <laughs> the 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 fabric of the matrix is breaking down chris <laughs> honestly that's what it feels like we we got like seven to eight inches of snow here i think it's the most snowfall we've had since like 1944 um so yeah, it just it feels like yeah, I don't know. I I don't is this the year? Is is Jesus coming back this year? Cause it, it feels like just some craziness is is gonna be popping off by the end of the year. If uh if if Jesus is a snowboarder that likes to snowboard in Tennessee, then yes, he's coming back this year. Okay. I think it's a perfect time for Tori's tinfoil hat. Tori, I'm excited for another segment of Tori's tinfoil hat time. What do you got for us this week? You know what, Chris? I think it's time to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. There have been some new news flashes, I guess, to some people. Um, I guess it was officially confirmed the list of people who went to his island. But in case you've been living under a rock for the last couple of years and don't know who Jeffrey Epstein is... Really graceful has a chapter about him, Jeffrey Epstein, the Deep State Encyclopedia. Um, so Chris, I don't know if you know, but he was actually first a teacher, and then he was a fin. How do you say this? Finance, financier, financier, financier. <laughs> um, someone okay with a lot of money who works with people with a lot of money. So 
And he had all these connections with all these wealthy, famous people and these elites. And it's kind of like, how did they become so tight with Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, at one point, Mike, I think you know this one. Was he staying at the Queen of England's cabin? Was she staying at his cabin? Like, how did he become friends with these people? Eland Maxwell was his in to all of these, all of this like high life. Because Geland Maxwell is in that royal family somehow, some way. And so oh. she's, she's the one that kind of like opened up this whole world to him um, when they were, you know, quote unquote, dating, seeing each other. Um, but yeah, it, the, the dude, I don't even think he has a college degree, but yet he was managing billions of dollars for huge, you know, uh, stars and just, you know, politicians and whatnot. So he definitely, there's something weird about how he was able to get where he was. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he, he lured minors into prostitution. Um, he was a convicted sex offender. He's, um, yeah, his second arrest was on federal charges of child sex trafficking. And, and even after that, um, like Bill Gates and other elites still were flying with him to his island. They were still rubbing elbows with him, as they say. Um, yeah, it's just really really disgusting and hard to wrap your mind around, you know, that so many politicians and um, world leaders, obviously celebrities that a lot of people look up to. So, so Tori, you're telling us that Bill Gates is a confirmed Islander with Epstein Islander. Confirmed. Yes. So I've got, I've got the receipts. We've got a website. (laughs) We've got a source. AP News, an AP News source. So even to the like fact checkers out there, like fact check AP News then. You know, and and I would say, I would say this, like just because a man like Bill Gates goes to the Epstein Island, not saying you're guilty of anything. That's, we are not saying that on this show. But what we are saying is, and what Tori had mentioned, and this is huge, is that, Bill Gates, after he was convicted, was still rubbing elbows with Epstein. Why? What is it? What 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 does Epstein have that you cannot acquire, Mr. Bill Gates? I'm just wondering, asking the question. So, yeah. So Jeffrey Epstein is an interesting character, right? So. I'll just I just kind of want to go go back. So yeah, he I did confirm Mike uh Google confirmed that he he did not have a college degree, um but he was a teacher um for for a time. He got fired from his teaching job um at a school called Little St. John's. Um uh, it says for poor for poor uh, it says for poor <laughs> Mike you can leave this in. I cannot get this out. Poor performance, but I guess there was some allegations that uh, he had some inappropriate relationships with with students at the school, and so this it's I believe it was a prep school um, in in New York, so I imagine it would have been um, middle school, high school aged uh, age kids. So based on what we know about him now, um, he was probably fired for uh, inappropriate relationships with with students. So this guy then goes on, um, 
to get a job at a company called Bear Bear Stearns. Um, so the CEO, Alan Greenberg, his one of his kids or maybe multiple of his kids went went to the school. So there was some sort of connection there. So he gets hired on at this company. Um, apparently he does he does really well. Um, and then he uh, he gets ah, does he get fired from Bear Stearns? Yeah, he did. He got fired for from Bear Stearns essentially for for uh, shady uh, trading practices. Um, and then he just goes on to start his own firm. And then he ends up managing um, the finances for a billionaire, this guy named Leslie Wexler or Leslie Wexner, um, who uh, one of one of the businesses that he owned was the Victoria's Secret um, kind of empire. And there are some indications that he he worked with uh, some government agencies. I don't know, like like Mossad or CIA or something. So just just from what I looked at of his life, it seemed to me that the guy shady. Uh, he he was probably a really smart, really smart guy. He was shady. He got into the finance world, made some connections through that, and maybe even teaching in New York. And he just met the right people who could put him in positions um, where he could just gain more power. And then once he started um, managing the the trust of a, a billionaire, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just I think I think he was used as an as an asset for for different companies or uh, different uh, government agencies. There's some speculations that. They would blackmail people that went to Epstein Island, you know, on those flights. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a lot. Um, but one question I have for for each of you: In 2019, he allegedly committed suicide. A, if he actually is dead, do you think he committed suicide, or do you think he was suicided? B is it possible that he's actually still alive and that they, they were able to get him out of that prison or that jail? No, man, he was suicided, man, because there's, he, he, like, as you said, he had so much dirt on so many people. It was, it was probably a legit conspiracy between multiple, you know, multiple people that probably were being blackmailed and were like, no, this guy's got to go. Especially, especially the fact that the Clintons were on that list. Uh, Bill Clinton specifically was on that list. Many, many times he had went to the Island. Uh, we know about people that cross the Clintons. They end up, they end up committing suicide. It's weird. Yeah, I think there's absolutely no way he actually committed suicide. I think he was probably suicided or is still alive somewhere and at large um, because it's, yeah, just the cameras weren't working. And what else? There were like two or three like random coincidences as to like why we don't have any proof that he actually died or how he died. Um, but yeah, it seems to fit the bill of some some other uh, Clinton suicides that have happened. And I don't know, I actually heard another interesting conspiracy theory recently that was 
like did Jeffrey Epstein really exist or was he created by an intelligence agency or something? So not that the flesh and blood guy didn't exist, but like did Jeffrey Epstein was, you know what I mean? Was he created for some purpose? Mm, Yeah. Like that, like the identity was. uh, And if that's the case and if it's not his true identity, right. If he's like this person that they created, then they could have also like in the same way that they created him, like ended him you know, with no physical proof. And then like the actual flesh and blood guy can go live his life somewhere else, you know? I don't know. I don't know. So you're going so far as to say that it's possible that he is alive and that they like swapped bodies? No, same body. But basically like if he was some sort of like deep undercover, like, like if they created this identity to carry out whatever things, and I'm not even saying maybe the intelligence agencies are like involved in the trafficking and know about it, but maybe they created this figure, like this figurehead to kind of like take the fall for everything, be the bad guy. And then like once his job was done, they're just like, oh, he committed suicide. And then like the actual guy, you know what I mean? Like, like what if he was playing a part? Not saying this is true at all. I'm speculating wildly. I'm just like, oh, what if? Well, you know right. how I love yeah. to speculate wildly, so I love that. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a possibility. I, I I really do. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of shady stuff going on. I think, I, in my opinion, on this one, I do think he's gone. He's dead. But I like the, I like the idea of him being kind of like a proxy kind of like figure for you know something else. It makes for a really good story. Um, but I think I think on this one, I think it was what it was. And the conspiracy was is that the reason why he was able to get where he was was because he knew secrets and he probably was very shrewd in leveraging those secrets to um, afford him the lifestyle that he had. Um, he's just a dirt bag. And yeah, so. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting the opportunities that people have if they're willing to cross certain lines or if they have no lines um, that they're willing to cross. You know what I mean? Like the the nefarious type of people that that would want to um, not necessarily take advantage of someone like that, but but use them, you know, for for their purposes. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely uh, plausible, but yeah, so there is a, there's actually a new documentary series out on Netflix. I forget the name and, um, oh gosh, darn it. What's the name of that author? I think there's a, there's a famous author, um, that, uh, was neighbors with him. Um, and he's, uh, he hosts, I think he hosts the documentary. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. But yeah, no, I mean it's interesting. Is it that... filthy, is it filthy rich? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I've, I've seen. It's not so new, but I've I've seen it. It's good. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I haven't watched it yet. I was gonna I was gonna watch it this week. Um, but yeah. So why is Epstein still? Why is it still relevant? Like, what's the what's the big deal, Tori? Who cares? Well. It's still relevant because like, so the list that just came out, it's like everyone knows he was convicted for trafficking all these children. Um, Ghislaine, I don't know how you say her name. 
masculine Max, Ms. Maxwell, um, they were convicted for doing these things. But then the question everyone's asking is like, well, who are they trafficking children to? And why are those people getting in trouble? You know? Mm. So it's kind of like, yeah, like, I mean, anyway, you get in trouble for this, for this product you're involved with, but it's like, well, what about the people who are like purchasing and using the product? Like, shouldn't they be prosecuted as well? And that just really hasn't happened yet, you know? And so, people in the conspiracy realm have been like, well, the list isn't coming out and they're not getting prosecuted because the people who have the most power in our country's names are on the list. And so like, who's going to go after them, you know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And so here's another interesting thing, Tori, that I found when I was just kind of doing some little bit of research on Epstein. So there's a former White House official. His name is Alexander Acosta. And uh, he was the U.S. attorney uh, for the Southern District of Florida who actually handled Epstein's Epstein's criminal case in 2008. So in 2008, I believe that was the the first time that he was convicted of child prostitution and soliciting a prostitute. So you had mentioned um, people that even after he's convicted – uh, of those crimes still being associated with him still you know flying on the jets and all that kind of stuff um so that was in 2008 in florida and so this guy um alexander acosta who was the attorney uh for the southern district at that time um when uh trump was coming in um when the kind of the the regimes were changing and trump was coming to the white house um he stated in in an interview um that he said i was told epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone so all these years oh. later he's now working in the white house and um he tells somebody in an interview i was told epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone so i think there are some some very uh real possible connections uh with him yeah. and like i said like cia possibly um yeah well if it's really intelligence, intelligence yeah you know and like we, the reason i'm implicating them at all is like you know we hear all these stories about like the deep underground military bases being used to traffic people so it's like so are our intelligence agencies doing this are they profiting from it somehow like just turning a blind eye are they whatever but like if jeffrey epstein was some sort of like character who was created by them as like a mole you know to get in there and it's it's a way for them to control the entire thing you know what i mean and also a way right for them to like kill off the character when they're done with him and then also you know we're always like whenever a big news story comes out it's like okay what are they really doing behind the scenes like why do they want everyone to pay attention to this thing you know it's like again if he was some sort of intelligence created mole character quarterback whatever then it's like as soon as they're doing something else shady, it's like, oh, like bring out the Epstein thing again. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah. If you think about it like this, right? And so this is this is speculating wildly, but I think it's plausible. I think it's po- possible based on what we know of the CIA. The CIA has already been implicated in creating the crack cocaine epidemic of the 80s okay and so it's true it's a fact they brought it into the streets they sold it they made money and then they laundered that money overseas for their bidding right 
What's to say, and I'm just, again, we're just using this stuff to add my own story to it, but what's to say that the CIA wasn't using Epstein to blackmail these people so they could get money and they could do their, their shady operations, right? Mm-hmm. Having said that, and this, this, and we'll, we will do a show on this because we keep talking about, you know, and Tori mentioned the deep underground bases with, you know, you know, trafficking people. There is going to be more that comes out about that. And believe it or not, and I'll only dangle the carrot because I won't share everything with you guys because I've been trying to put this together for a while now. But believe it or not, UAPs, UFOs, are involved in the trafficking, child trafficking. There's whistleblowers that have already come out, and they're they're basically being told that they're crazy, but they're highly credentialed people that are coming out. We'll do a whole show, show on that. It was actually called, and I'll put it in quotes because it's not an official it's not released yet, but it's called uh, Project Stargate. And it sounds a lot like Stranger Things, but with UAPs. Um, and it's crazy stuff. And it goes all the way back to, I'll, I'll say this, the Montuk Project. Um, and getting and teaching special kids, genius level kids, teaching them to remote view. It's true. It's it's whistleblowers are coming out and saying it, and we'll talk we'll talk wow. about that. We'll do a whole show on that, and I'll 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 piece all of those things together. It, it's highly speculative, but again, again, if you if there is power to be harnessed in this world, do we really expect United States government, the CIA, all of these? three-letter, you know, uh, companies and, you know, do we really think that they're ethically trying to use and harness this power? Heck no, man. They're shady. They're corrupt. And, you know, we've got to expose it. That, I thought of this quote, and I don't, I don't know who, who originally said it or who gets the credit for it, but, um, it's that quote, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Oh. Like money and power. Like, you know, we talked about it, you know, the the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Like when people get a taste of of money and power, like if they're not if they're not born again believers, like if they have not put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, like it's a wrap. Like money and power is just so intoxicating and addictive it's man it's crazy so mike yeah i'm i'm with you 100 percent. chris and i feel like that also really puts the whole um becoming like little children thing in perspective too because if there's two things children don't have it's money or power that's a that's a legit point and like over and over and over again you know jesus tells us in the bible well jesus specifically talks about becoming like little children and like you know they're the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and like unless you become like one of these little children you know and yeah it's just children have no power and no money you know that's true no power no money and they just trust their parents yeah right like rely on them trust them 
have to because they have nothing, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. like having nothing, just full dependence. Right. Wow. But not like Klaus Schwab. <laughs> not like Klaus Schwab. <laughs> well, okay, that was that was a fun, a fun segment. Uh and I forgot to mention this earlier. I'm blindsiding Mike and Tori. I'm gonna be pitting them against each other at the end of this episode. And I'm going to be testing their knowledge of conspiracy theories. So I've got some trivia questions that I'm going to ask them. Uh, so, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. All right. So, Mike, now you've you've got a very interesting topic uh, that you want to cover. So I'm going to let you jump in, man. Take the reins. Yeah. So basically, I did back before Camp Herman, there was a YouTube channel called Detox Babylon made a video talking about simulation hypothesis, okay? And so what I want to do is I want to set the stage. There's a couple of uh, clips I'm going to play. And when you hear these clips, in light of how I'm going to set this up for you, everybody's going to have their own little aha moment here. Okay. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that aha moment for you. I'm going to let you guys have it. So the first video, the first clip I want to play, it's just explaining what simulation hypothesis is. So we'll roll that clip. The simulation hypothesis is a proposal regarding the nature of existence. The proposal is that all the current existence that humans know, including the Earth and the rest of the universe, could in fact be an artificial simulation, such as a computer simulation. Some versions rely on the development of a simulated reality, a proposed technology that would be able to convince its inhabitants that the simulation was real. The simulation hypothesis bears a close resemblance to various other skeptical scenarios from throughout the history of philosophy. The hypothesis was popularized in its current form by Nick Bostrom. Nick Bostrom is a Swedish-born philosopher at the University of Oxford. In 2003 he wrote an article called, Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? Here is his premise. Many works of science fiction as well as some forecasts by serious technologists and futurologists predict that enormous amounts of computing power will be available in the future. Let us suppose for a moment that these predictions are correct. One thing that later generations might do with their super-powerful computers is run detailed simulations of their forebears or of people like their forebears. Because their computers would be so powerful, they could run a great many such simulations. Suppose that these simulated people are conscious, as they would be if the simulations were sufficiently fine-grained and if a certain quite widely accepted position in the philosophy of mind is correct. Then it could be the case that the vast majority of minds like ours do not belong to the original race but rather to people simulated by the advanced descendants of an original race. Nick Bostrom's Conclusion it is then possible to argue that, if this were the case, we would be rational to think that we are likely among the simulated minds rather than among the original biological ones. Therefore, if we don't think that we are currently living in a computer simulation, we are not entitled to believe that we will have descendants who will run lots of such simulations of their forebears. So basically, what that video is saying is that if it's possible for us where we are right now to be able to create a simulation that is un that you that you you couldn't tell the difference between the simulation and the real world 
if we get to that point, then what's to say that we're not already living in a simulation? So, and I want people to understand, I want people to understand a couple of things. Do I believe in simulation hypothesis? I do not. I categorically reject it. And I know that there are Christians that will tell people that we live in God's simulation. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, right? But to, to think that I'm in a computer right now it's nonsense, okay? At, from from my understanding of Christianity and my relationship with God, I think it's I think it's bull. But Nick, Nick is saying that if we get to that point, then we must have already gotten there before, and that we're we're just another layer, and there's layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of different simulations. Now, the weird thing about it is, is that I want to play you guys this clip and then I'll let you and uh, I'll let Chris and Tori react. Um, but this, it's interesting because based on that, you have this guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson saying this. Chuck, I've been public on the fact that I'm waiting for someone to convince me that we don't live in a simulation. The arguments put forth have been quite convincing okay. to me. And most of the best arguments are traceable to a guy named Nick Bostrom, a philosopher at the University of Oxford. Okay. Our computing power is growing rapidly. Right. We create simulations of worlds. We have video games with characters that are inside the video game. Right. Imagine a day where you can simulate a world so perfectly with life forms, humans, so well mm -hmm. that you can recreate every single neurosynaptic thought you could have, but now you're in the simulation on the computer. People will just bend over backwards coming up with stories of creation that don't involve God. Because I feel like with the whole simulation hypothesis, and I'm not trying to do what you said about like, oh, God's simulation, but like, why is it easier for them to believe that like an ancient race lived before us, created supercomputers and created this world that we're living in now? Like, why is that easier to believe than, than God's word and what it says? And like, in the beginning, there was God. And then like God created all of this, you know, because it's like if you have a problem with a creator, you're saying that there was a creator or multiple creators who created this simulation we're living in, which yeah, by the way, I also categorically disagree with. I feel like there's way too many plot holes for this to be a simulation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Why is that easier to believe in? And also like who created that original race then that like created the supercomputers? You know, I feel like it's such a more complicated story. And, and you know, like Darwinists, you come up with, it, you know, like the origins of the universe and like life evolving from a single-celled organism and you know like why is that easier for you to believe than that there's a creator like an intelligent designer god who created all of this i don't know chris you're up i can't help but think of the game i never played it but i know people did i think it's called is it called sims yes the game sims right where you can i don't know what are you like just building cities and people and I mean, it's like a simulation. Yeah. yeah it's like a simulation Simulate game that you get to, you mm -hmm. get to control. Um, and I'm just like, my first thought is, okay, so they're saying that, that, okay, if it's a simulation, then the Sims, I'll just, for lack of a better term, we'll call them Sims, people in simulation, are they saying that they are 
aware. Like, I don't know. It just, I ha I have trouble with this. Obviously, again, we're, we're in agreement. Like, I don't think there's anything to this. And I couldn't agree more with Tori, the, the lengths that people will go to, to not believe in God. And I think ultimately it just comes down to wanting to be in control, wanting to be essentially their own God, but only in so much as they don't have to be accountable or they don't want to be accountable to God for the way they live their life. They want to be able to live their life however they want without any consequences. So couldn't agree with you more, Tori. Um, so that would be the benefit to them, right? Cause it's like, maybe they are acknowledging like, okay, this probably was created by a creator, but if it was just like a simulation, like just an experiment and we're just Sims living in the simulation, then it does take away all personal accountability for yeah, absolutely. No accountability. So like you, what, what you do, I mean, doesn't matter. And there's a number of different beliefs and philosophies. Um, so like if you take, or even with like um, the thought of like evolution, it's like, well, you know, you're just, we're just meat suits or, you know, we're, we're meat suits that we're, um, we're just reacting to chemicals and and things that are chemical reactions in the body and hormones and all this kind of stuff so there's really not any free will you're just doing what you are kind of programmed to do so to speak and so there's no accountability there either so there's like a ton of kind of different beliefs where yeah you're not really accountable and i think a lot of them would be ones that don't appeal to any sort of like higher power right there's there's no god so this is this is a great segue to to the conversation you guys brought up you're talking about free will you're talking about accountability you guys got to watch this next clip and then i'm gonna we'll, we'll bring this all all home turns out you were right i'm gonna ask you about free will oh okay <laughs> uh so allow me to summarize the summary TLDR and uh, maybe you tell me where I'm wrong so free will is an illusion and even the experience of free will is an illusion like we don't even experience it where am, am I am I good in my summary yeah I mean, this is a this is a line that's a little hard to scan for people I, I say that it's, it's not merely that free will is an illusion the illusion of free will is an illusion, right? right? Like there is no illusion of free will, but the illusion of free will is an illusion in that as you pay more attention to your experience, you begin to see that it's totally compatible with an absence of free will. You don't, I mean, coming to back to the place we started, you don't know what you're going to think next. You don't know what you're going to intend next. You don't know what's going to just occur to you that you must do next you don't know you don't know how much you're going to feel the behavioral imperative to act on that thought if you suddenly feel oh i don't need to do that that's i can do that tomorrow you don't know where that comes from you didn't know that was going to arise you didn't know that was going to be compelling all of this is compatible with some evil genius in the next room just typing in code into your experience just like this okay let's give him the uh oh my god i just forgot it was going to be our anniversary in one week thought right give him the cascade of fear uh 
give him yeah. give him this brilliant idea for the thing he can buy that's going to take him no time at all and this yeah. this you know overpowering sense of relief all of our experiences is, is compatible with with the the script already being written right it's, and i'm not saying the script is written i'm not saying that fatalism is you know is um the right way to look at this but yeah but the question is say that this call what, what was it the horse of consciousness let's call it the uh the consciousness generator black box that mm -hmm. we don't understand and is it possible that the script that we're walking along that we're playing that's already written is actually being written in real time mm -hmm. it's almost like you're driving down a road and in real time that road is being laid down i cannot believe it how can they think that it is completely plausible for someone to be on the other side of some metaphorical wall typing in our thoughts and and like how we will respond to literally every stimulus in our life that someone else is controlling all of that and the the illusion of free will is the illusion all of that like i just yeah i just don't understand they're just doing like somersaults philosophically to try to get around there being a god and also just i couldn't help but think this is like the spiritual this, this is like the philosophy of you will own nothing and be happy because it's like we don't have to own our actions. We don't have to own our own thoughts. You don't have to own any mistakes you make because maybe you didn't make it. Maybe someone is like on an, another side of a simulation controlling you, you know? So it's like you don't have to own anything that you do, say, think, feel, etc. Like that's – Yeah. Exactly. And so when you look and before I let Chris jump in here, when you look and, and I've listened to a lot of Sam Harris, like just because I just wanted to get a feel of who this guy was. And he he has a meditation app. And basically what he claims that he figured out during his meditation is that he had no control over what thoughts came into his mind. Right. And that over time. He had the, this revelation that that nobody is good and nobody is bad and we should love people no matter what they've done and treat them well, right? And it, it is, it's very, very hypocritical uh, for him to say this as Sam Harris uh, was actually guilty of retweeting an article about Derek Derek Gilbert's wife Sharon Gilbert when she said something on the Jim Baker show that was controversial now why are you making fun of it if if she wasn't in control of saying what she was saying and you want to give a murderer a pass but when it comes to somebody who you might label a fundamentalist christian which the Gilberts, we know them, they're not, they don't fall under fundamentalist Christians, okay? But the dude is, at the core of his being, he's a hypocrite that is setting a standard and setting a law that he himself cannot even satisfy. Chris, what do you think? I think it's interesting that they'll go so far as to say, we're you're you are being controlled by this cosmic programmer 
right? Who has designed where you are. And I'm like, that sounds in some ways a lot like the reality that we live in as believers where we've got God who designed, created us, right? Not It's not just sitting there, you know, putting thoughts in our head. Um, but one thing that does jive with the, the aspect of putting thoughts in our head is that whatever this um, mind-to-mind communication that um, the, the demonic realm has with us, you know, the kind of classic devil on your shoulder kind of thing, whispering temptations and such, and not to mention our own flesh for that matter, uh, which is probably far more um, guilty of a lot of the things than than demons are of, of kind of trying to put thoughts in our heads and influence us. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting that they'll, they'll go that far, but they can't, they, they can't, or rather won't make that leap. And again, I think it just goes back to, they don't, they don't want to be accountable. Um, and I think it's interesting that this guy's, you know, that meditation, I'm like, clearly, the demonic is is giving him that influence if he's coming to these if he's having these thoughts and come to these conclusions while he's in a meditative state i mean that just that sounds like um you know he's being you know clearly being influenced by the demonic but where i'm going with this it is if you look at cosmology today right our cosmology is based around the Big Bang Theory that I'm talking about cosmology that they teach in colleges, right? So the Big Bang happened, and then it's just this huge domino effect of trillions or millions and billions and whatever, bunch of years, and boom, here we are, right? And this is being taught in school. It's, it's, It's what we understand at this point in history Uh, from the best scientific perspective we can come up with, right? As a collegiate society, I'm not talking about Christianity here, right? And what I'm saying here is if we, if we fast forward 50 to a hundred years, maybe even 200 years, maybe even a thousand years. Okay. I'm not, I don't think the, I'm not like a, uh, the return of Jesus is is like coming any day, guy. Okay, I'm not there. That's not where I'm at. You know. Now, could he? Absolutely. Boom. But I just I believe, and I think I think I think I would be with Doug Hamp on this because I think Doug and I have talked about it a few times. Um, that there's a lot that still needs to happen, but it doesn't really matter. Right. It, it doesn't matter when Jesus comes back, when it comes down to this, because this is as the Big Bang Theory is a flawed, even flawed by scientific standards. OK, this will be OK in quotes, the new cosmology going forward as we have more um, computing Uh, power, as Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about, we will get closer to being able to create a simulation. If the day comes, if the day comes where we do 
create a simulation. Nick Bostrom will be known as a prophet. He will not see this in his lifetime. We won't see it in our lifetime. But in a thousand years from now, let's just say 500 years from now, they will say, hey, look, Nick Bostrom said this 500 years ago. That if we got to this point, then based on probabilities and statistics, we must already be in a simulation. Boom. Right then and there, cosmology changes. What they teach in college will change. Here's the kicker. Who? Okay, let me go back. I'm sorry. Here's the kicker. Alistair Crawley is quoted saying something, and it fits this. He says that today they call them angels. Tomorrow they will call them something else. Okay? Chris mentioned it already about what Sam Harris said about somebody coding in your thoughts. Right? Who are... Who are the demons? Who are the aliens? Who are the ones that live outside of our simulation? And so now a paranormal, all the paranormal activity is explained. Oh, these are entities, coders that are entering our simulation, right? They know more than we do, so we should listen to them. In all aspects, when you look at the alien deception that the fringe Christian community has been talking about, by and large, for the past 40 years, yes, 40 years, okay? If you're out there talking about aliens, you didn't come up with it. You didn't have a revelation. It wasn't you. This revelation has been building upon, we've been building upon each other this whole time. Not one of us holds the key. It's a collective work that we've all been doing that has this revelation. But this, this will change the alien deception into the outside of the simulation deception going forward. Because in 500 years, we'll believe, I mean, and I'm just saying, if it comes out that way. It will, they will not be aliens. They will not be demons. They will not be fairies. They will be coders that entered or coded themselves into our matrix. And nevertheless, we will have to bow down to them and listen to them because they are maybe not the creators, but they're a part of the company that created us, so to speak. Um, and that's what I see coming. Um, it's just my opinion. I think the alien deception is, it, it was good for a while. Like it made sense for a while, right? Only if Jesus was going to come back in that time frame, because the enemy is ready to go. He's got his, he's got a plan. He's ready to go at any given point using whatever deception and using the knowledge of the world and using that as his platform, right, of understanding. But 500 years from now, we will think different. Human humanity will be exponentially 
different in 500 years from now than us from 500 years in the past. Okay, I mean, exponentially because of where technology is going. And so my whole thing about talking about the simulation hypothesis is it, it still is on the fringe of even the collegiate system, but Sam Harris has a lot of influence over a lot of young people, okay? He's a guy, he's probably, I don't know, mid to late 40s, maybe early 50s. And his audience is Generation Z. It's college students that are buying his meditation app, that are buying into this philosophy that you really don't have free will, okay? And they're buying it because, it, it again, it, it kind of lifts that accountability off of you. So, guys... um. I'll let you jump in if you have any thoughts on that and then we can kind of wrap it up. Yeah, I just I just keep thinking like they just want to use different words. I mean, simulation has to be in a thesaurus, like it has to be a synonym of creation, right? I feel like we live in a simulation, like yeah, we live in a creation, we're saying the same thing. But it also makes me think just like the honorary part of me wants to posit a legit hypothesis that like we are in a musical like we're in a play you know and like stir that like guys I think we're living in a play because there's these people backstage and they know what's going on and we talked about that with Paul Stobbs you know with like the Nephilim but it's like well yeah like they they can show up to you they can pretend to be like so and so your relative they can like speak to you like they know you and I think I said because it's like we're on stage like in a play and they're backstage and they know what's going on and they know our characters and all of that stuff but yeah so maybe instead of a simulation it's just pick your metaphor, you know. This is the reason why the great deception happens. It's because people believe the lie. Whatever that lie is, it doesn't matter. Tori said it earlier. Whatever you have to do to deflect it and say it's not God, they would rather believe the pile of crap than to believe that the God who is God, the God of Israel, Isaac, and Jacob, that that God wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us and that he shows up when you want that relationship and when your heart is contrite and broken and lost and you're beat down and you have nothing else to cry out to. You can't cry out to your coders. They don't care. You can't cry out to evolution evolution will eat you alive but you cry out to yahweh you cry out to jesus with a contrite and sincere heart that's why christians are willing to die for their faith not because they believe something it's not about belief anymore it's a knowing if i know something i don't need to believe it because i know it I don't need to believe that two plus two is four. Belief, be, the, the, the word, word belief, it almost indicates that you don't know. It actually does. Knowing says that I know. That I know that I know that I know. That's why Christians will die for it. I'm done. Chris, let's do let's do the conspiracy theory stuff. You could stop me if I get if I get too No. <laughs> no, brother, that was good. No, we 
we needed to hear that. That was fantastic. Yeah. All right. I don't know what we're calling this segment, and I don't know if we're ever going to do this again, but Tori, Mike, I've got some trivia questions here for you. So this is a, this is multiple choice, okay? So Mike, we'll start with you. From 1996 to 2012, what company did the U.S. military pay millions of dollars to investigate UFOs? Was it SpaceX, Halliburton, Bigelow Aerospace, or Boeing? Bigelow Aerospace. All right. One for Mike. You got that one right. Tori, what term does the U.S. military use in official reports when describing UFO encounters? Is it UFP, UAP, UHF, or UMP? What is UAP? Fantastic. Tori got one. So we're one in one. Conspiracy theorists claim that the exposure to what can damage your skin, eyes, immune system, and cause your DNA to begin to break down. Alien graviton beams, cable news, GMOs, or the 5G network? The 5G network. All right. Mike got that one right. Good job, Mike. Not all of you above. <laughs> <laughs> cable news. Okay, Tori. DNA damage. DNA, NBC. Tori. What machine did people fear would destroy humanity when it was activated on September 10th, 2008? IBM's Blue Brain, Cyberdyne's Skynet system, the CERN Super Collider, or the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket? What is the CERN Super Collider? Correct for 1,000. <laughs> I made that up. Okay, Mike. Victims that claim to be targeted individuals accuse the government of doing what to them? Oh, wait, wait. Don't don't give me the multiple choice on this. Read, read, wait, read it again. He's going rogue. He's going rogue. <laughs> going Mikey Stibbs. Dude, it's, it's the Havana Syndrome. It's the direct energy weapon system. <laughs> Was that, is that your answer? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Attacking them with electronic weapons. Yeah, and they call Good it job. they call it Havana syndrome. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. All right, Tori. The multiple choice is off the table. Wait, what if I want to use it? I'm nervous. Let me hear yeah, let me hear the question first. The FBI sent letters to Martin Luther King Jr. that attempted to blackmail him into doing what? Oh, give me the multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> cancel his cancel his I have a dream speech running for public office committing suicide renouncing the civil rights movement Ooh. I'll read the question again the FBI sent letter to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that attempted that attempted to blackmail him into doing what sorry okay so they wanted to blackmail him into i'm not saying this is my answer but committing suicide or not committing suicide what did you say committing suicide gotcha okay um honestly this is hard i'm not sure i feel like it could be any of the above i want to go with d running for public office oh no yeah let's go with b running for public office i was going to say renouncing the movement but okay yeah, running for public office let's say that all right I'm, Mike gonna say, Stibbs. I'm, I'm going with D because it's much more effective long-term. Yeah. I don't know. So meaning the running for public office? 
No, 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 no. I would go with renouncing the civil rights movement. Renouncing the movement, yeah. Oh, okay. Mike's going with renouncing the civil rights movement. So I actually did know this. The FBI was trying to get him to commit suicide. No way. Yes, yes. In in letters that they were sending him, they were trying to, yeah, convince him that he needed to commit suicide. So Mike wins. So they shot him? You guys merely adopted the French. (laughs) (laughs) I was, was born in it. it. <laughs> I was born in the French. Mr. Gary Wayne. <laughs> Gary Wayne. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right. Um, this was fun. This was love fun. y'all. Camp on, Tori. Camp on, Mike. Until next time. Peace. Fallen sons of the most high God took advantage of the planet he made Forming a holy alliance of evil and look at the daughters of Adam and Bane Then the flood rain came to restore his creational order to how he arranged Put the disembodied spirits of the giants still want a war Still want to kill in the court to see the blood of the innocent spill on the floor That's the demoniac and the kind of issue with combined The healer restores image bearers in his second chance when he coming back Cause he bringing a sword This ain't a planned sermon, it's a welcome to Camp Herman Yeah Welcome to Camp Herman. This ain't a planned sermon, it's a welcome to Camp Herman. Yeah. Welcome to Camp Herman.